and we got a half hour, 45 minutes to talk to you about the greatest topic in the world, and that is our God. How many love the Lord this morning? I love this time of the year. Melissa and I were married in the fall, and fall seemed to try to come in, and then it went out like a wave, and now it's trying to come back. I mean, I hope the wave doesn't go out again, and we kind of keep a little bit of fall weather. So happy to uh, to have you if you're a visitor. Uh, I know Fran came in today. We welcome Fran. We're glad to have you. She uh, She's from um, over there near, uh, well, you said Branson, right outside of Branson, and uh, Ridgedale, Ridgedale, Missouri, and she has her pastor, Assembly God Church there, came, and uh, and her, her daughter lives here close by Oak Grove. And would you help me welcome her here? She's going to be with us a little while, sitting with our ladies. Thank you, Fran, for coming today. Maybe there's some others. If you're new to Oak Grove, please just enjoy the presence of the Lord. And uh, and I am uh, started last week a series, God Knows series, and I hope you enjoyed last week. Uh, there's a reason Pastor goes through the God. I, I pray and ask the Lord, what do you want to speak to your people? I mean, he thinks the shepherd should have a heart for the people. It's not just a preacher. I'm not. I'm not like a. Uh, a person that's coming like a motivational speaker. I'm your pastor. I want, I want to feel, I will pray and ask the Holy Spirit to tell me what it is we need to talk about. I want to take the pulse of the body. Lord, what is it we're going through? What, what, what is it we're going to go through? But I'm limited. Melissa and I both are limited as your pastor to know what everybody, single person is going through. So we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit. And how many believe the Holy Spirit knows exactly what's going on? God knows. And so that's where this came from. God knows came from this, this, um, I guess the fact that as a pastor and a limited person as a human, I don't really know. I wish I did know. And in the day we've been living in a culture for the last two years, you know, that uh, we had no straight answers. You know, we went through COVID and there was never a straight answer. Should I do this? Oh, no, you should do that. Oh, should I do this? No, you should do that. And I, and I felt myself so like, whoa, does anybody have an answer? Does anybody have a straight answer? And the, and the answer was absolutely not. Oh, there was one person, Fauci. Yeah. But remember that guy? Fauci turned grouchy. Remember that? And uh, he's retired, but bless his heart. He did his best as a medical professional or whoever he is to do his best to lead us in a in a trouble uh, troubled season. And uh, God bless Fauci. but. But he couldn't give us a straight answer. You know why? Fauci don't know. He's not God. Pastor Ron don't know. And you know, pastors don't like to admit that. You don't know. Have you ever met somebody who thinks they know it all? I've never met anybody like that. Yeah, I met a few of them. And the truth be known, as a Pentecostal preacher, I wanted to slap them in the spirit. But I didn't. I restrained myself. But uh, but arrogance and pride. In fact, First Corinthians says that knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. So in a world that's looking for more and more knowledge, how I many know we have more knowledge today than we ever had? In fact, Jesus said in the last days knowledge would increase. How I many know that knowledge has increased? I mean, my goodness, do we know a lot of things? And never has the smartest generation in the world been so dumb not an insult i'm just saying it seems like the more we learn the less we realize we know and so i guess that's where this sermon 
and this series came from. And uh, and then and today is a specific uh, lesson on God knows. Last week was generic God knows, but today God knows you. And how many read Psalm 139? Did anybody go home and read it? 18 verses. It's just uh, uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself how many times in one day have you been photographed um, as somebody um, surveillance cameras are everywhere. You can't go anywhere. Uh, I was glad for the day when Springfield took the cameras off the red lights. Not because I passed any. No, no, that's not why. That's not why. Because I know they were yellow. They were yellow, I think. But boy, was I glad when they got that off of there. We're always under scrutiny. We're always under the eye. And um, there's so many. In fact, today's culture is enamored with taking photos. They, they even call it selfies. And uh, I never get a like to go to Disney World or on vacation. And these people have these long sticks because their arms are too short to take a selfie. Anybody in that group? My arms, I was like, could somebody else do this? Because my arm is too short to. But how many know God's arm is not too short? And God's ears are not deaf. And God's eyes, God's eyes see. You're under the surveillance of God. And maybe because there's so much surveillance at Oak Grove, we have a lot of surveillance. And how many glad for that? Amen. It's not in the restroom, so just relax. But we, we want to be safe. We want to be protected. We want to be, uh, there's a lot of craziness going on. And uh, we want to be safe and secure. And so there's lots of, so, lots of photographs when you walk into the bank. Um, you know. How many of you return your cart to the cart path at Walmart? Hey, praise God, I have a great congregation. What of obedient servants. How many ever hit a cart right in the middle of the parking lot because somebody didn't? So there's a lot of people watching you, but today I want to talk about God. Uh, man, he is he's here to help us, and, and he knows us inside and out. Psalm knows, he knows you. So, oh, Lord, you have searched me. Thoroughly, and you have known me. This is David talking to the Lord. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, my entire life, everything I do. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path, my lying down. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, still unspoken yet, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before. You have placed your hand upon me. Oh, praise the Lord. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high above me. I can't reach it. And where can I go, Lord, from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, help me out. You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol or the underworld, the grave, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, the morning, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. Not just your hand. Your righteous right hand will take hold of me. And if I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will be the only light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. I love that. <laughs> and conceals nothing from you. But the night shines as bright as the day. And darkness and light, they're all alike to you. 
Then he goes into this. Oh, man, how you formed me in my innermost parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. I know I'm not finished reading the text, but just could you just lift your hands? Just lift your hands to the Lord and say, Father, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know me from the very beginning all the way to the end. And my soul knows that you know. Hallelujah. Verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me. That God is even thinking about me blows my mind. He's not far away, uninvolved in my life, very near. How vast is the sum of your thoughts toward me? And if I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Wow. We could close in prayer and go home. But we got a lot to talk about. God knows Ron Moran better than he knows himself. You know, it took me at least 40 years to get to know me. I found out in the church a lot of people don't even know who they are. Don't even know our own identity. I mean, we have a whole culture and generations struggling with their own identity. Come on now. No idea who they are. And if they can't, if they don't have God, if they don't have God in the equation, I mean, you can become whoever you think you want to be in the land of the free, right? And so we we need to know that we are God's. And David the psalmist is writing, and he understands. He begins in uh, acknowledging that God knows us better than we know ourselves. He's aware of every action, anticipates our innermost thoughts. Uh, what is more, David describes this as an active knowing rather than a passive knowing. It's a central theme. And David is addressing God. He's saying, God, I know you. I want to teach this today. I may not preach it. Uh, uh, but I want you to I want you to uh, internalize this. Really, it's a powerful, powerful psalm spoken from David to his God. And I want you to make it that personal, that intimate today that that you begin to see that God knows your innermost thoughts. And I hope that, you know, how the verses in, in uh, Psalms, it'll stop and it'll say, Selah. Remember, Selah, pause. Think about that. So, so when a preacher pauses today, I want you to just stop. Wow. Wow, because the scriptures speak for themselves. I'm not here to mesmerize you. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to tell you that God knows you. Sometimes we don't know ourselves, so this is important. Verse 1, David describes an active knowing rather than a passive knowing. And, uh, and, and it's important because he points out that God's knowledge of him is absolutely expansive. It's expansive. It's so big. And so many people think that you're just going through life. Nobody cares. There's a God out there, deism, you know, that they believe in God, but, but he's really God and he created everything. And then he just, he just departed and went on vacation, doesn't care about the affairs of your life. I mean, no, God intimately cares about everything you think about. Not only does he care, he knows everything you think about. He cares this morning for you. And he, David pictures God watching from a distance, you know. Uh, <laughs> if, I took, if I took my children into the woods, 
I wouldn't just let them roam in the woods. I'd probably stand by a tree and make sure they're all right. Even when I take them to the park, even when I take my kids to the park, how many parents here know? You don't just take your kids to the park and say, hey, you're, you're okay, just go on, go on. No, 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 you're watching for bullies and you're watching for dogs that might bite them, ticks that might bite them, fleas that might get them. Uh, the slide, how many know they put aluminum slides in 115-degree weather heat? These are children. It's like, who made up that idea? But so you got to watch. you got to watch. You know, when I sit down, he says, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Is it possible that in this age of cameras everywhere and satellite images that you can't go anywhere where somebody don't know right where you are? That the wonder of this truth is lost on us because we're always being watched. And we don't even think that God is always watching. I mean, oh, he has an all-seeing eye. It's going to and for uh, across the earth watching you. Uh, to be honest, I think we're so used to being under surveillance, we hardly notice anymore. I don't think about being watched. But we ought to be. How many things we ought to be concerned about being watched? <laughs> I'll tell you what's scary. I got one of those little things in my home, you know, for Christmas. Just a little uh, Google Home. What's it called? Alexa? Alexa? Alexis? Alexa? Somebody else? Somebody's in your house watching you. And how... How lazy can America be? You can't get up and turn your own light off? Alexa, turn off the light. Alexa, turn on the light. Alexa, get up and give me some water. So so to have this knowledge is to have satellite access watching everything you're doing. And we'll be talking, living room. All of a sudden, the little thing, Google Home, came on and said something. I said, who? I didn't even know she was here. Who is that in my house? Talking about what I just talked about. I mean, you can't say bad anything bad about anybody anymore. They're in your house listening. God, the knowledge of God has this. It's, it's not only expansive. It's so deeply personal. It's deeply personal. It's not like generic. God loves you and God knows you. And uh, he knows all about David. It's a central theme here. And so verse 2, when I sit down and when I rise up. I don't know, Pastor Ron don't sit down much, but when I do, I want to stay down. Melissa says, I'm glued to my recliner. When I sit down, I stay down. Especially if there's a football game on, I'll, just, I'll be there a while. Fact is, though, uh, when I get up in the morning, he sees me. When I go down at night, he sees me. All during the day, he sees me. Everywhere I go, he sees me. He knows me. He knows my thoughts. It can be translated uh, he knows my intentions. Not not even my thoughts, the intentions, the intentions that I had. He already knows that. My motives, right? What? God knows my path and my lying down. Uh, verse 3, likely meaning when I go somewhere and then come home and rest. He knows my day that I had. Can I just stop right here and tell you? God knows the week that you had. Pastor Ron doesn't know that. I can't know that. I don't have a surveillance monitor. But God does. And God is acquainted with all of your ways.
yours and mine. That's the kind of life I lead, even in, even in private. I'll never forget, and I'll just stop with this testimony. Sister Ferguson, uh, not Judy, but Ruth Ferguson, years ago, uh, her and her husband Bill came to church here. They were greeters. And, um, and so one night, I don't know what it was, in pastoring sometimes we have long nights, right? We are burdened over the people of God, right, Melissa? We pray. And uh, nobody knows but, uh, but God. I mean, no, God knows what's, what's happening when nobody else knows. So we're burdened, pastor's burdened. And uh, the other burden for pastors is he can't always have the privilege of sharing what everybody else is going through. We keep it, and we ponder it, and we pray about it. Uh, but one night, it was 3 in the morning, and uh, Melissa and I would begin to pray. And what we do, what we do, have done all of our married life, is uh, in the bed, we hold hands, and we put our hand up in the air like that, don't we, babe? That's what we do. We have done that all of our life at uh, ministry. So Monday morning, I came in. Miss Carroll said, Sister Ferguson calls. wants to talk to you. So I got on the phone. Hey, Sister Ferguson. Pastor Ron, I got to tell you, I, was, I had a dream, uh, a vision in the night hour. I saw you and Sister Melissa uh, at, at 3 in the morning. She didn't see C. She had a dream. Okay, y'all get this thing right, all right? It didn't get crazy. But, but she said, in my mind's eye, I, I was praying for you, and y'all were burdened. She said, I can tell your spirit was, like, burdened, anxious about something. And she said, I, I saw in my mind's eye, you reached and grabbed Miss Melissa's hand, and you put it up in the air like that. Awesome. Sister Ferguson, I got to hang up. I got to go. I didn't even explain. I just hung up. I went into my bathroom right there, got on my belly, and wept like a baby. You know why? God saw my wife and I at 3 in the morning. Saw the position, saw the pain, saw the prayer, saw the the purpose of lifting our hand to the Lord, saw that we were interceding, intervening. God knows. God knows. And God sent Sister Ferguson to reaffirm to her pastor that he, not only did he see, he showed her. So she can tell me that he knows. And I wept myself into oblivion. That was many, many years ago. They've been with the Lord for a while. I just shared that with you to let you know that in the night hour, he sees you. And then we learn in verse 4 that even before a word is on my tongue, before you know it altogether, he knows it. Now, Melissa and I have been married 40 years next year. 40 years. This year, next month, 39 years. When, I, when we first married, it didn't take very long. Before I would say something, she would say it. So, like, how many believe in one flesh covenant? How many believe you can be so intimate with somebody that they'll say what you say before you say it? That's why you got to better watch what you say. <laughs> but she would read my mind. She still reads my mind. That's why I got to keep my mind clear. Somebody say, Pastor, would you ever do? I said, No, I'm scared to death. I fear God, but I fear Miss Melissa even more. Woman has a, you know, a perception in the spirit, and so it's weird, but it's true. God so intimately knows you that before you even speak a word, He knows what that word meant. Before it ever came out of your mouth, He knew what you were going to say. That's serious. You talk about intimate. And not only that, he says, um, 
He knows our thoughts. That's why he knows our words, right? It's Wow, it's powerful. Uh, not only this, in verse 7 through 12, God sees and knows uh, wherever we might go. In verse 7, where shall I go? Where shall I go from your presence? Where your spirit? I mean, oh, he's omnipresent. So we're talking about a God who knows. That means he's omniscient, omniscience. It means he knows everything. He knows everything that ever was, that ever will be, that is. I said he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever, right? And he's still the same. He knows the past, the present, and the future. He knows. And so, excuse me, I'm getting rid of that a little bit by a little bit. And Melissa's praying for me. She said, please don't stop coughing in the pulpit. Amen. And uh, I said, well, I wish I could, honey. I wish I could. But God sees and knows wherever we might go. And, and, and the psalmist is saying, where can I go? He's asking the question, where can I flee from your presence? The answer is what? What's the answer, Oak Grove? Nowhere. Nowhere. If you think you can hide from God, think again. Talk to Jonah. God said, Jonah, go over here. He said, no, I'm going over there. How many things that God knew Jonah would go the wrong way? Come on now. No, Jonah, that's the wrong way, this way. I ain't going the way. I'm going that way. <laughs> so how many know it pays to go where God says go? Guess where Jonah ended up? Wherever God said to go. There's something about God, friends. He's God. He has this specific, particular, pre, you know, uh, preference and, and, and this, this idea that he can do whatever he wants because he's God. How many know God answers to no one? But we answer to God. So it's serious because he starts giving examples. In verse 8, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in, in hell or show uh, the grave, you're there. Heaven is the highest place of creation, the abode of God, right? Paul talks about the third heaven where God lives. There is a third heaven. And, and, and the grave is the lowest place in creation, the place of the dead. But God is in both places at the same time. As high as you can go, as low as you can go. As far as the east is from the west, that's where God is. He's in, Sharon, he's in Tucumcari, New Mexico. Has anybody here heard of Tucumcari, New Mexico? Wow. You rattlesnakes. I didn't know y'all knew. Well, Sharon, you got lots of friends. He's in Morgan City, Louisiana. I'm not going to even ask you if you know where that's at. And if, and if the extreme limits of, of height and depth, that's where he is. He's, he's easily everywhere in between. So, so he's the highest of heaven. He's the lowest hell. And he's everywhere in between. Where can I go from your presence and your presence and your spirit? How can I flee from your presence? Well, you can't. I mean, even if you wanted to flee from God, you can't flee from God. In the Revelation, they talk about the fact that they're going to want to hide under a rock. I mean, no, they still can't hide from God. There's no place you can go. Another example, verse 9 and 10. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, that is, that is, if I fly through the sky from east to the farthest point to the west, even there your hand will lead me, and your righteous right hand will hold me. There's not a place you can go. 
outside of the knowledge of your God. Now watch this. His hand is there. And he's willing to carry you on the wings of his, of, of his love. He's willing. But if you keep running away, he's there. But you have to, what you just do is you have to surrender. Father, since I can't go anywhere, you're not. No place I can hide, I might as well surrender. How many know that would have been good for Jonah? How many know it would have been better for Jonah just to surrender? Remember that dream I had, I told you all a few months ago? I had a dream at about the 3, 3 a.m. that God was showing me he was before. He was way before preexistent me, way before preexistent creation. How I many know oh, God is the beginning and he is the end and he's everything in between. He was there already. He was already there before I had my trial. He was already there. When I'm in the middle of my trial, how I many know oh, he's right there too? He's right there. And if there's a trial awaiting me, how I many know oh, he's already there? He's already there. What a blessing to know. That there's nowhere I can go that he's already there. And then uh, verses 11 through 12. If surely I, the darkness shall cover me and the light about me uh, be night. Even the darkness is not too dark for you, David says to God. Even night is as though it's bright day. The night is bright day. I mean, you got to get that in your brain. There's nothing. There's no dark places to God. There's no dark caves to God. Remember when Elijah got depressed? How many know godly people can get depressed? I said godly people can't be possessed by devils. But how many know they can be oppressed? And they can be, they can be uh, depressed. And even Elijah got depressed. And he thought he was the only one left. He's running from Jezebel. Can I tell you? Don't worry about Jezebel. Jezebel has no power over you. Come on now. There's a spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of this world, and she has no power over you. How many believe God knows you? And he has his righteous hand leading you. But he got depressed. He got into a cave. David himself was in a cave of Adullam. Very depressed, right? Are y'all reading the same Bible I am? Men of God who are depressed. So don't think everybody who's got a battle with depression is ungodly. I mean, no, it happens. Especially in the heightened culture we're living in. Man. So here he is. and God, God comes and, and he sends him a few things. While Elijah's in the cave, God sends a few things. And Elijah's trying to listen. How many know it's hard to listen in a dark place? It's hard to get perspective in a dark place. So a mighty wind comes by. But God was not in the wind. And a fire comes by. That's not a fire. It sounds like a car. But God was not in the car. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, uh, still, still small voice. This still small, intimate, caring, loving voice of God. I mean, love when He whispers. 
He doesn't often whisper to me. He often shouts at me. Only because I can't hear in this ear. Uh, he knows. But he said to Elijah, what are you doing in there, Elijah? Can I give you some, some encouragement today? God's people don't belong in caves. You don't belong in a dark place. And to God, there is no dark place. And instead of God going into the cave, because God and darkness don't mix, wherever God is, it's light. He asked Elijah to come out of the cave and stand by the mountain. And that's when he heard. It's hard to hear the sweet, still, small voice of God when you're all caved up in darkness. So God is speaking, and the darkness is as light. David said, God can see, and he knows David even in the darkest place. So God can see him and knows him in that place, and, uh, and it's light, and he also in the darkest places, and everywhere in between. Dim, dimly lit, light, 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 dark, dark, dark. And if you deal with that spiritually, how many know, no matter how far you go into sin and degradation, how many know God still sees you? No place you can hide from God. And no matter how dark it gets in your temptation or, or what are your sin that you might be walking in, listen, how many know if you'll call out to God, how many know he'll pull you out of darkness and bring you into his marvelous light? Come on now, how many's glad for the mighty grace of Almighty God? But you gotta listen to his voice. In that dark place, you gotta get out of that and come on out. He pulls us up, he pulls us out. But you have to get this perspective. And if it weren't enough, we learn in verses 13 through 16 that God has seen and known him from the beginning to the end. Let's just go through because you might need to catch up a little bit. God knows us intentionally. Jeremiah, remember that in Jeremiah 23? Powerful, powerful. Uh, I, I don't have time to, to go through all of it. Let's just keep going. Hebrews 4.13, and not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. But all things are open and exposed. And revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. I don't know if you've ever had surgery. I had a little bit of surgery on my shoulder, spurs, nothing major in my life yet. But they have this stainless steel bed, medical procedure bed. Everything's very stainless steel, sterile, clean. And, uh, and, and it's quite humbling. Uh, for the apparel of the day, <laughs> you're laughing already, you know, huh? I mean, everything's laid bare. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's no room for pride and arrogance. Not on the surgery table. Everything is exposed. Praise the Lord. But you, de- but you dare not say to the surgeon anything. He or she's the one with the knife. <laughs> and yet, and yet, we have the audacity as servants, believers, Christians, to look at God and tell Him how He should do what He needs to. To tell him how he's going to cut out the cancer in my body. I need you to do it this way. Don't do it this way. Do it that way. How many know God is the surgeon? 
I said, he's the great physician. Come on now. He's the potter. We are the clay. He's the master. We are the servant. He's the father. We are the children. All we do is surrender. In fact, there's this guy, anesthesiologist or girl. They come and they give you a little bit of liquid, little meds, and you don't even know. I remember one procedure I had. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but just a little small procedure Melissa made me do. And uh, and um, and she said, it's not going to hurt at all, Ronnie. It's not going to hurt at all. You won't even feel a thing. You won't even know anything. And I said, uh, I got this, baby. I got this. And so she said, they don't even put you under. Just a little local. So I was coming down the hallway, <laughs> and I said, hey, baby, how you doing? I was, you never know what's going on underneath the knife, right? Well, I got to tell you, God knows all about your procedures. He knows all about it. And, and, and it's important that you catch this because verse 16 says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there were none of them. You knew the days that were formed for me, planned for me, when there were none of them. Tyler and I were talking this morning about his future and what he needs to do in the future and what he might be going to do and schooling and preparing for ministry. How many know God knows? Many are the plans in a man's heart, Proverbs says, but God orders your steps. He knows it all together, doesn't he? I tell you, if you would have told me I would have pastored Oak Grove Assembly for 21 years, 21 years ago, I would have said, what? I don't even know where that is. How many believe your righteous steps are ordered by the Lord? And that God belongs to us and we belong to him. And so he formed us before we were even formed. He knew uh, from the time he formed us in the womb, all the days formed for him that are written in the book. God sees and knows from the beginning to the end. It's amazing to me. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. Now, a shift here just for a little bit. Let's catch you up. Uh, our God is amazing. The psalmist says all of this is, in light of all of this we talked about, God's just absolutely amazing. Could we just stop and give him one more praise break? Come on, just a praise break. Give him just a praise. Yeah, Prophet Jeremiah. There it is, Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I was on the phone with Jake and Joanna, and they said that the two guys that they led to the Lord, the brothers that were the landscapers, remember those guys? Well, Jake went to see the other brother. And the two guys are like blown away. You're going to see my other brother? Jake said, of course. If he'd like to see me, I'd like to see him. So when they get there, the other brother already had a Bible. How many believe God knows? The other Cambodian brother, and Jake and Joanna are Thai missionaries and winning Cambodian people. On your best, smartest strategic planning day, you wouldn't be able to even have a clue. You don't know. If we can come to grips with that, how many know we'd do a lot more for God? So Jake goes to see the brother, and the brother says, I've been waiting. 
And he, he said, he, Jake just greeted him, and the brother hugged him. And the other two brothers are saying, we never hugged our Cam- Cambodian brother in our whole life. And they said, Dariel said to Jake, why did my brother hug you? And why did my brother say to you, you feel like family to me already? To which Jake said, I don't know. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I think it's the Holy Spirit. How many know spirits know spirits? Come on now. How many believe that spirits can bear witness with spirits? That's why we walk in the spirit. That's why it's a spiritual journey. That's why we need God, because God knows what's going on. And that's why we have the gifts of the spirit supernaturally, so God can lead us. When we don't know intellectually and we don't have enough wisdom, Pastor Mark, God can talk to us about something we don't know about. Faith can come when we don't have answers. And a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge or discernment. Don't go that way. Go this way. I mean, only God knows. Only God knows. Jesus said this about God's knowledge of each of us. The hairs of your head are all numbered. Matthew 10.30. And we don't even know. The, I don't even know how many hair is on my head. Don't even comment, folks. But God knows all about each one of us. He knows your DNA before your DNA was a DNA. And so when people are trying to find mercy, it's hard to know what somebody else is thinking. Or why somebody else would do what they do. But how many know God knows the intent of their heart, the reason they do what they do. And God is always there to help heal and and emotionally prepare our hearts and minds because we don't know. But God knew David through and through. So I can say with confidence, great confidence, brothers and sisters, that God doesn't just know David through and through. He knows you and me. Through and through. Doesn't he? God knows all of my movements, and there's a bunch of them. Pastor Ron doesn't sit well. He has got to keep alert. God's got to keep alert. Where is he now? Where is he now? Where is he now? All my movements, when I sit down, when I rise, when I go somewhere, when I come home, when I rest, when I don't rest. God knows my thoughts, my intentions. He knows my ways, the kind of life that you choose to live. God knows it, privately and publicly. He knows your words before you say them. He can see you, and he knows you anywhere you might be, from heaven to hell and in between. And he has seen and known you from beginning, before you were ever born. He knows the end from the beginning. I don't know if you know this, but in... In making a movie, I've never made a movie, but I've learned this, that in making a movie, they start with the last scene first. Make the last scene first, and they work their way back to the first scene. I mean, oh, God knows the last scene of your life before the first scene was even mentioned. It's a lot to ponder. Selah. Let's pause. It's a lot of information. It's only 11 o'clock. i got lots to talk about, but I want to stop. Just to let you soak it in. God knows you through and through. He knows all about you. He knows all about me. He knows all about everybody who ever lived. He knows all about everyone who is living. He knows all about 
everyone who will live in the future. God knows all of this. So, David says, such knowledge I can't never even grasp or understand. He stops and he pauses and he says, my God is awesome. What an amazing God. That he had those thoughts about me. You know, while, while you were sleeping last night, you know what the Lord was doing? He was waiting for you to wake up. Yeah. He sees you in the night hour, and he's doodling. He's writing, probably just making the sunrise. The Ozarks. It's a beautiful day in the Ozarks. Is he awake? No, bear's still sleeping. Oh, hurry up. The little bear's up, so bear's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are the apex of his creation, of all that he ever made. You are it. I don't know if that makes you feel valued or scares you to death. Just knowing that God knows, it's amazing. Such knowledge that is, knowledge that God has, is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain to it. To do what God can do, to know what God can know is beyond any of us. So, so we, even, we can't even begin to understand it. In fact, I think I heard Apostle Paul repeat this. His love for me is so high, I can't attain it. It's so low, so wide, so broad. Talking about the love of God, the love of God, the knowledge of God, the God of knowledge, the God of love. It's way too much for me. And that's what David says. Paul's talking about what David's talking about. It's crazy. So many. Uh, so many are his thoughts and intentions and, and purposes for me. David said, it's beyond me. I can't, even, I can't even count them. How amazing is God? How amazing is God? Let me go on. It goes a little further. God is so beyond my capacity to know. I added zero so you can just put the emphasis. So amazing. You know God is good. How many believe God is good? Did you know good is God? No, listen. God is so good. When they made the English word good, it's just God extended. Good is God extended. God. Good. I made that up. But is it not true? You're never going to get another pastor to make up words like I just did right now. It's so important that you catch this. We serve a great God. And I don't have the capacity. I guess that's where this came from, church. As a pastor, I feel limited in resource and intellect and wisdom and ability to help people. So limited, but how many know my God is not limited? So I need the Holy Spirit. I need. It's not an option. Because I'm so limited, I need the Holy Spirit to help my limited to become unlimited. Hey, with the Holy Spirit, I can know what I wouldn't ordinarily know. Oh, yeah. With the Holy Spirit, I can say what I wouldn't ordinarily say. That's what they call the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And and listen, if you're doing evil today, if you're living in willful disobedience to God, this should cause you concern. Let me just stop and preach against sin for a little bit. 
Is that all right? None of us are sinners in here. I hope not. But it's because you can't evade God. You can't keep God in the dark. He knows what you say and he knows what you do. He sees right through you. He sees inside of you. And when I first got to Springfield, it was a community full of people with just um, a facade, superficial. It's like, hello, hi, hi. I don't want you to know me. Just wave. I mean, the further north you go, the more of that superficial stuff you get. Down south, what you see, honey, is what you get. Wide open. But the further you go, we hide behind our own insecurities. We hide behind superficial titles. And we hide behind talent. We hide behind. How many know we all have a testimony? We all have a God who tests that testimony. Amen. And he sees right through your uh, arrogance. He knows your thoughts and your intentions. He knows you from the beginning to the end. He knows all what you did last week. He didn't have to call Siri. He didn't have to go re. He didn't have to go on the thing. Rewind. Rewind. Look at it. Oh, wow. He did do that. I mean, no, God knew it when it happened. In fact, God knew it before it happened. I don't know if y'all getting this. Is anybody catching any of this? There's no shield. There's no barrier that you can hide behind. There's no hiding from God. That's exactly why if you're doing evil, you should be concerned and stop. That'll preach somewhere. How many believe in repentance? Listen to me. Today, everybody thinks it's okay to cohabitate. I mean, no, it's still a sin. It's a big word, but you must know what that means, right? It's just a natural thing. Everybody's doing it. How many know if everybody's doing it, how many know everybody's going to have to answer for it? Well, you don't know what's going on in my life. No, I don't, but God does. I've had them tell me, oh, yeah, we live in the same house, but we're not together. Really? Really? You can go sell that one to somebody else. My mama didn't raise no fool. That's just silly. He knows all about you, and there's nothing you can stop. It's best simply to surrender, fall on your face before God and repent. Could we help somebody here today? I don't know if you're here today and you're listening to me. If you have secret sin in your life, secret you think nobody knows, doing what you do in the dark, Come on, Oak Grove, lift your hand to the Lord. Let's pray right now that the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit will fall in this place. And that what somebody's doing in secret, secret sin, it could be revealed. You don't need to come to this altar. You don't need to repent to Ron, to Melissa. You don't have to repent to Oak Grove, to the assemblies of God. But you do have to repent to the God of the assemblies. Father, right now, may your conviction which is really your love. The fact that they know they can't escape. The fact that they know you saw it. Whether it's our words or our deeds, whether it's evil, whether it's sins of the spirit or sins of the flesh, may you cleanse them. And may we walk out of here with forgiveness and redemption. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Woo! I'm glad we got after that subject. Let's go on to the next one. That one's heavy. Nobody preaches against sin no more.
which is why our churches are filled with carnal, sinful people. Number three, God knows your needs today, and he's willing to help you. It's only 15 after 11, and that's my last point. And all of God's optimistic people said, amen. You get to go eat. So speaking of what his everyday life is like, David says to God, you hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. I hear David when he's, when he's saying he is my rear guard. He, is my, he's my, he's, he goes before me. He's behind me. He hems me in. He hems me in. He, he is my, he's my righteous tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, right? The righteous run in and find shelter. He's my pavilion. He's, he's my hiding place. You can hear David use a lot of different examples of who he found God to be. I mean, oh, God loves you. He's got you covered. One of the things I do, I don't say much on Facebook, but if somebody says, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me, they send me a Facebook or a text. I don't, if you didn't know, I want you to get a little glimpse into my life. I'm not really a techie. Let's just talk human to human. All this stuff just freaks me out, makes me nervous. Plus, my thumbs are too fat. It just takes me. But when they do, I have this phrase. Maybe maybe if you did hear me do this to you or see me do this to you on text or Facebook or whatever, let me know by a show of your hands. I've got you covered. How many have ever seen me do that for you? One, two. Man, y'all have been blessed. Three, four. Okay. I've got you covered. What I mean is I can't heal you. What I'm saying is, I got your back. I mean, oh, it's a good thing that somebody has your back. Uh, you know, because as Christians, we got the armor of God on. We can go through the battle. But how I many know oh, there's no nothing to protect us from the rear? But God has your back. Woo! I said, God has your back. He knows who's coming at you from behind. He knows what you, your peripheral. You knows what you can't see. He knows what you can't know. That's why it's important to listen to the Holy Spirit. If he says go this way, go this way. Go this way. He, he already knows not to go that way. I mean, that's just, um, it's common sense, which is something that we lost during COVID. Common sense. The simple surrender. Verse 5, it's like God's presence is in front of him. God's presence is behind him. God's presence is all around him. And, and, and to add to that, his hand's on him. His hand is on him. In the same way, God's presence and knowledge of us is pervasive. When a doctor says to you, it's pervasive. It's, it's everywhere. Not good news. Got to get it out while we can. God's presence is pervasive. Pervasive. And God is close to us, and we are are never far off his radar. He's he's so close, and he's always aware of our needs, and he's always nearby to give us help. Even if you're in the remotest place, God sees and knows you. (laughs) That's why, even in the midnight hour, Melissa and I are praying, I don't even remember the crisis. How many know God can heal? So heal you. How many have ever been healed? So healed by God that you can't even remember the crisis. That's God. It's not that you forget. It's just that you don't remember. Go home and deal with that one. It's not that you forget. You just don't remember. 
He's always so aware of your needs and always so nearby to give you help. As David said, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Verse 10, wow. And if you simply feel far away from God, he sees and knows that you're far away. And if you look to God, I mean, no, he can lead you and pull you right back. This way, this way, this way, this way. I mean, no, it's always good to keep an eye on Jesus. It's always good to keep an eye on Jesus. Remember Peter, he got out of the boat. You know why he got out of the boat? Simply because he wanted to come to Jesus. That's why. Jesus was the safest place to stay with the other 11. They're dying in a boat. Lord, I don't want to be here. Bid me come to you. There's got to be peace wherever you are. I mean, wherever he is, there is peace. So bid me come to you. And as quickly as he said it, Jesus said, come on, son. Peter got out of the boat just like he didn't care one iota about the waves. The waves didn't stop. You know the story. Crashing waves. He's like, I mean, he saw Jesus at Branson. Did Jesus think at Branson? I didn't mean, did you see Jesus in Branson? Okay. I saw Jesus this morning in here. I was, dri- I was driving down Glenstone Thursday to go to the to the double tree for a meeting and I stopped at the red light and there at that um, Best Western now said Elvis was here and so was other people like Wild Bill Hickok was I think he was there too and I thought to myself I bet you next week they're going to put Jesus stayed tonight anything to make a buck so he came to Jesus but in the middle between starting his journey with Jesus and getting all the way to Jesus, something happened. Can you all help me? What happened? He took his eyes off Jesus. And as a result, (laughs) help. That's not a King James prayer. A King James prayer is like, Father, whithersoever thou withered to do this, please getteth me out of this miry clayeth. Now, help! How many know you call on the Lord, the Lord will save you? I mean, boom, got him up. And we don't often talk about the rest of the story, but him and Jesus walked back to the boat. How else do you think they got there unless they walked all the way to the land? How many know it's important to hold the hand of the Lord? Whew! It's important. In the darkest place. He ends up saying, even in the darkest place, God can see and know you're in our needs. David said, God, the night is bright as day. Darkness is light for you, verse 12. Or if it's simply feel that you're in a place too dark, perhaps it's depression tonight. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's anxiety or loneliness. God sees you right where you are. All you got to do is ask God for help. And then he says, he formed me. He knows me inside and out. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my struggles. He knows where the devil tempts me. He knows where you need help and grace to make it through. Verse 15 and 16. He knows us, his children. I don't know about you, but this is a great source of comfort to me. How many feel comforted today as we've gone through this verses? I sure do. 
we can be sure that God sees us and will help us. He knows every hurt, every sting. He's walked through every suffering. And he pulls us out of depression. He pulls us up. If you'll call on the Lord, how many know he will hear you? In a dark cave, he will hear you. In a, in a depressive place, he will, in, a, in a dark place, he'll hear you. And he will pull you back. In a water, in a raging sea, that drowning, a drowning person in a raging sea. And you can't see, he'll pull you up. Would you stand with me as they come back to the platform? God loves you. If you're listening to this uh, by podcast, wherever in the world you are today, God's there. And he loves you. And he sees you. So important to tell you. He sees you. He hears my prayers. He cares. More importantly, he knows. My heart quickens, comes alive at the thought of hearing from my heavenly father in such a sweet, gentle way. While God is running the universe, he sees fit to remind me that just because I didn't yet know how he was at work in my situation didn't mean he didn't know exactly what was going on. He still knows, even though I don't know. How many has got some things coming up in your future you don't know about? Let me see your hand. Wow, yeah, 100%. Balcony, sure. God does. As the sun begins to rise in the morning, tomorrow morning, I want you to grab your Bible and look for the verses about God's attentiveness to your life. And even when you think God isn't watching, He sees you. When you think He's not listening, He hears you. He hears your prayers. Nothing in all creation is hidden from His sight. I'm reassured and blessed this morning. Here's what happens, and we're going to come to the altar and talk to God, but here's what happens. Sometimes when you release a prayer, when you release a prayer here, there's a long gap, a long gap, because God is outside time and eternity the way we know of Kronos. He's Kairos, right? He's eternal time. We are earthly time. So it's a big gap between the release of the prayer and the answer to come. Talk to Daniel. Talk to anybody who had his elongated trial. You don't think it ever going to end. But how I many know you can wake up in the morning and God could see to it that this is the day for such a time as this or a right now moment. A rhema word can come from God. A right now healing word can come to your spirit right now. And in the fullness of time, God sends the answer. So I don't know what you're going through. I really don't. But God does. So the altar, we're going to go to the altar.